When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Last week, we were talking about this, and there had been a suggestion that the Secretary of State, Karen Bradley, might not push ahead with legislation through Westminster to give compensation to victims of historical institutional abuse. One of the contributors uh, on the programme felt that there was a worry and a concern and that she mightn't do it. It is within her gift to do it, but she doesn't seem keen. Uh, Let me speak uh, to one of the spokespeople in terms of uh, victims and survivors of historical uh, abuse. And that this morning is John McCourt. Uh, Good morning, John. Good morning, Frank. John, this must be incredibly frustrating for yourself as chairman of the survivors of the Northwest Group and indeed for other survivors uh, generally. When we spoke to Margaret McGuckin last week, she sensed that maybe, just maybe, it would be used as a stick to beat the Northern Irish politicians into submitting with regards to the talks. Do you feel that you are becoming a, a political football or continuing to be a political football uh, between those two groups of politicians, those in the Northern Ireland office and those who could set up an executive? Well, that's that, that's that's what it appears um, that Karen Bradley's doing right now. You know, we're being used as a lever to drag what I call a coalition of the young women around the table. And, they, you know, my, my understanding is that, I mean, Karen Bradley has said, you know, the, that this will go back to this will go back to Stormont. It'll become that she wants David Stern to include it in a program for government. What government? There is no government. At this point, a week into the talks, Frank, my understanding is that the historical institutional abuse inquiry has not been raised once in the talks. Uh, that's my understanding. Um, you know, the, the ridiculous thing about this is that the, the I was I sat at the Northern Ireland Affairs Committee on the 27th of March, and Karen Bradley was in front of the committee. Karen Bradley actually released a piece of information I didn't know. When they were drawing up the Westminster inquiry, it was suggested that the Hart inquiry be included in the legislation with the Westminster inquiry. The Westminster inquiry have already are already receiving applications from child migrants for the £20,000 payment that, uh, you know, that, that was laid out in the, in the legislation. Included in, in those are people from the north who were taken from here in 1947 and in 1954 to Australia. So they're already dealing with victims and survivors from the north. Why not do the whole package? Well, the Hart Inquiry, as you say, that suggested that compensation should be paid to victims of historical institutional abuse is, is now becoming not a, not a distant memory, but it's beginning to slip and slip and slip. 
And you would expect, I think most right-minded people would think, would think that those who suffered so much would receive the compensation that they're entitled to. Do you get a sense that the politicians really care about you or the people you represent, generally the politicians? Um, I, I mean, personally, I, the, the support that we've had from local politicians and support that we've had uh, from, from politicians that personally, you know, I have never been in touch with before has been amazing. The difficulty is that they aren't in a position to, to force Karen Bradley's hand into doing this. You know, there's no reason why. Karen Bradley actually said, uh, you know what, uh, again, she, her statement was that she was waiting legislation before uh, she could progress. And when she got the legislation, she would, she would treat this as an urgent matter. She would give it urgent consideration. Her urgent consideration is to kick it right back where it came from. You know, the, the whole idea of that consultation was so victims and survivors and anybody else who felt they had an input into how the legislation should read and any changes in the legislation, that, that consultation took three months. We asked for an extra month so that more victims and survivors could be involved. As a result of that, almost half of the, of the submissions that went, to the, that went into the uh, consultation were gathered in the last month by people that we had reached out to. You know, not only has Karen Bradley let us down, we feel now that we have let down the people that we said we would represent. It's totally understandable that you feel you've been let down by the Secretary of State because she has, within her gift, as I said, for to move this through Westminster and she's decided not to do it. But the reasoning behind her not doing it is she believes it can be dealt with at a devolved level with a government here in Northern Ireland. And... There's a possibility that as you point the finger, understandably, at Karen Bradley this morning, you're letting the politicians in Northern Ireland who won't govern here off the hook because they obviously don't care that much about victims of historical institutional abuse or they would be in government with an executive paying out the compensation to you. Frank, it's it's not my you know it's 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 not my role to force it, to force a government round the table either. But what I will say is, look, the executive isn't there. We have to use what mechanism is there and what mechanism can work. The mechanism that can work right now. And Karen Bradley said she was waiting for legislation before she could progress with it. She could that she hadn't got the legal authority to interfere. Having the legislation now from David from 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 David Stern, the head of the civil service, gives her the legislative authority to deal with us. That exists already. The executive does not, you know, choose the one that's working, not the one that you hope is going to work. And as I said, I mean, a week into the talks, my understanding is that the historical institutional abuse inquiry has not been mentioned once. You know, what they're trying to do is find a way around the outstanding issues. Look, we're an outstanding issue, an outstanding issue that rests with the Secretary of State for Northern Ireland. The politician is supposed to be directly responsible for here, and she is not doing her job. Karen Bradley has failed. I, I accept the fact, and people, I, I agree with people, that we need to have an administration up and running at Stormont. You know, but the, the issues that are holding that back are issues that we have no influence over. Karen Bradley can deal with this issue. You know, I, much as I have concern about education, about hospitals, uh, about all the rest of it, right now, my major concern is the care, the welfare, and the future of victims and survivors, some of them elderly, some of them sick. You know, I mean, I had a conversation last week with someone, you know, and, and it's one of the older, the, the daughter, one of the oldest of the survivors, you know, and tears. 
because of the condition that our mother's under. I remember that woman ready to fight alongside me at the steps of Stormont in 2010. You know, that's disgraceful. It's impossible to argue with you on that, John. It is absolutely disgraceful, and you sum it up so well by referring to 2010. That's nine years ago, and these people have lived with hurt through most of their lives, from they were very young children, uh, many of them. And the compensation actually is is in many ways a a pittance too, isn't it? It's it's certainly not life-changing money. Well, it's not life-changing money, but, you know, part of the difficulty for me, again, is that an awful lot of this conversation seems to be around financial compensation. You know, there are other things included in the heart recommendations. There's the future care. There's the social care. There's the, there's the end-of-life uh, needs that, that people at this point, you know, beaten down by society, traumatized by an inquiry, traumatized by an experience in children's homes, and further traumatized now by the reaction to a Secretary of State who really doesn't seem she cares. And that's Will the major concern for me. The impact, the impact that this statement that, that, that was released yesterday will have on people who after last week actually thought we see some light at the end of the tunnel. That's why I, that's why I suggested that we use cautious optimism here. You know, don't count on every word that comes out of a politician's mouth. Now we know not to. Would you be hoping to speak to her, to have a meeting with her, to get an understanding of why she can't see the dilemma that you people are in. Yeah, we, I mean, that is actually going to be my, one of my first calls this morning is to seek a meeting with the Secretary of State. She says in her letter that, that she's going to meet with victims and survivors next week. Well, I can tell you, um, the letter that she responded to came from uh, Survivors Northwest, myself, and Jerry McCann at Rosetta Trust. That's the letter that she responded to. And she, she said in the letter that she's going to meet with victims and survivors next week. If she's going to meet with them next week, how come we don't know about this? How come she hasn't told us who she's going to be meeting? I can understand your frustration, uh, John. Uh, it's, it's, it's mixed with immense disappointment. But as you said, cautious optimism, you weren't convinced, nor was Margaret when she was on this programme last week, you weren't convinced that the Secretary of State would sign it off. No. No, you know, and and and, and I mean, it seems like every you know every time um, she stands in front of a camera, you know, or she has a default line, a, a reel in her head that just says, "This is a matter for a devolved assembly." You know, if that was the case, then why did she even bother wanting to accept the legislation from David Stern? You know, it could have went directly into the talks, um, to you know, to to the local political parties. You know, why did she why did she request the legislation? Why at the end of the judicial review um, was it said that Karen, Karen Bradley hadn't got the legislative authority to move this forward? The legislation she just got from David Sterling, along with, I'm assuming, the options paper that would give her the direction to go forward, um, should have given her the legislative authority. She has it. She's, she's chosen not to use it. John, I appreciate your time this morning. Thank you very much. Uh, John McCourt, chairman of the Survivors Northwest Group. I did make reference to Margaret McGookian from Survivors and Victims of Institutional Abuse, a group called Savia, who was on the programme last week. And uh, Margaret's available to, to speak to us this morning. Are you as equally frustrated, Margaret? You had this worry last week, as did John, that the Secretary of State wouldn't uh, play ball with you. But yet we hoped we hoped against hope, Frank, as you know, that she may um, deliver. But there again, when I received the email after six last night, I knew before I opened it, um, we'd, we're done for. 
And, uh, you know, because of the length of the email, I knew that was the spiel of, of excuses after excuses. Um, she is not fit for the job. She is just not fit for the job. And Frank, our legal team are already drafting an appeal to the decision, not the JRA, which we had in the court uh, just a few months ago. Um, uh, she has reneged on her responsibilities here. You know, Justice McCluskey left that case open. We are now setting in an appeal. Uh, the top RQC and barristers are doing that right now, and it's sampled. You know, she is in the place of authority. She should be acting as the government minister here, and she has refused to do so. We are being used. We are being used because she is using us as a form and a motive form to get these parties back together. And if she had dealt with this, then she would have said, what, 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 what does she deal with then? You know, how does she deal with these parties? They, they, everybody knows we have the support of every MLA here and all the MPs at Westminster. Why is she not doing her job? How can she be so heartless and cruel? I haven't slept last night. I'm not worried about myself. But I didn't even want to tell our people that once again, after building them up on our Facebook page, that here's, here's it now, everybody were top priority, and she left us down at the last minute. She, she delivered this. It was delivered to her by David Sterling, and she has sent it right back into his hands and for the MLAs. What MLAs to deal with? We, we are not guaranteed of these people getting back together. As I said to you last, last week, Frank, Frank, we know the history of them. One more fallout, and that's it, collapsed again, and where are we left? For more to pass away, more traumatisation, more heartache. You know, so many of our people, we keep wondering, my own brother, sexually abused all of their lives as young children and young adults, are just laying there, laying there, so many more, waiting for a day of justice to happen. 11 years campaigning. Frank, I'd have never thought of it. And I wished in a way that I never had started this. I wouldn't have believed in my right mind that it would have taken 11 years, even more, two and a half years after the report of the Hart Inquiry, and nobody is doing nothing. I know these two main parties could well be doing something. They could get back together today and make a statement. And many times have I had to say that on the radio. Could they do that today? The ball's in their court now, it seems, because Karen Bradley is not doing her job and she should resign. She is not fit for purpose here in the, in the North, as a Northern Ireland uh, Secretary of State because so, she has let everyone down. Okay, so Margaret, you understandably feel incredibly let down. John, representing the other group, feels incredibly yeah. let down. But you touched on the argument about the local politicians, maybe more so than John did, because the only show in town for you at the minute is the Secretary of State. The Secretary of State is the person who can deliver your, your wish but she chose not to do it. The reasoning behind her choosing not to do it is to surely to highlight the local politicians, to emphasise that if the local politicians did come together, did re-establish the executive at Stormont, that the victims of historical institutional abuse who've suffered since they were children, they would be compensated. But our politicians aren't prepared to make that move. So why are you not as critical of our politicians as you are of the Secretary of State? Oh, I have been, Frank, and I am very much so critical of them in the two main parties. I've called them out time after time, but at the present time, because of having no assembly here, 
the ball was in Karen Bradley's court. She could have done something. She could have acted in the interim to do what she could through Westminster whilst waiting on the parties getting back. And I am very angry, as are everybody that mainly that I speak to these days, at the two main parties, because they have let us down. They could have had this resolved many, many years ago and refused to. They could have um, called for an interim payment scheme uh, to run parallel, but they refused to do that too. I remember the many times that I almost cried and, and had meetings with them, uh, you know, in room 30 there um, in Stormont, appealing to them to do... And the two of them, Sinn Féin and the DUP, reneged, making excuses, saying that we can't preempt the end of the inquiry when Sir Anthony Hart preempted it himself, saying one of his recommendations was going to be redress and a car package. He was giving them the go ahead, and they let us down to here. Corn Bradley is no worse than these two people from the main parties, and I'm calling them out, and I always will. They, they, they are a disgrace to. If, if they wanted to make it up from today, let them get back into the government. This is a cross-community issue. This is not only about the Catholic Church. It's about other uh, uh, Church of Ireland and everywhere else, in Cora, Rathgale. You know, they owe it to the people, the people who are suffering if they have any type of a heart. And, and, and I don't know what how this day is going to end with the effect of our people. Okay. I'm just very fearful for them, Frank. Margaret, really appreciate your time this morning. John as well. And I think for anyone who's listening to the programme, who has no understanding of being abused, who has no understanding of what the people went through that are commonly referred to as those affected by historical institutional abuse, maybe all of us who are in that position should stop and think how they feel today how failed they feel. They've been failed for their entire lives. They've been failed since they were children. And now, as many of us really old people, much older than me, they're being failed on a sunny morning like this morning by our politicians, from Karen Bradley to the parties at Stormont and everyone else who's involved politically in trying to deliver what they deserve. How would, they, how would you feel if you were a victim of historical institutional abuse and you had been hoping for something today and it didn't arrive and then you analyse it through over the last 24 hours, the last two weeks, the last two years, the last 10 years, all of your life? You would feel really let down by what we call the system, wouldn't you? Yeah, absolutely would. Uh, your opinions on it are very welcome. Uh, good morning. This is the U105 phone-in. You- 